What if everything you thought you knew about the criminal justice system and high-profile criminal cases wasn't true? Join a veteran Buffalo City detective, a veteran Canadian Pacific police captain, and a veteran NCIS special agent, along with their guests, as they dissect the criminal justice system and high-profile criminal cases from their perspective in an unvarnished podcast focusing on crime, corruption, and media bias. It's Search Warrant coming right at you. Because headlines can and usually are misleading, it's important to listen to this succinct summary of just one of the many appalling cases that we will be examining. This is the interview of Ralph Cipriano from the morning edition with Bill Main on WDUN AM 550, entitled Penn State Revisited. Interesting to note that it was seven years ago yesterday that legendary Penn State football coach Joe Paterno died of lung cancer, age of 85, following his firing due to the Jerry Sandusky child sex abuse scandal. We thought we'd bring back a guest we had on a couple of weeks ago who has some pretty good knowledge of what went on and uh, talk a little bit more about this case that certainly gripped the nation's attention for a good little while. Yeah, you know, author, investigative reporter uh, Ralph Cipriano joins us now. And Ralph's got several books out. He's talking about his uh, latest book uh, a couple of weeks ago with us and uh, mentioned uh, some things that he's investigated. For example, uh, you, Ralph, did an investigation into, and found corruption in the DA's office in Philadelphia, the Ivy League football program and Catholic Church. So you covered this whole thing at Penn State, did you not? I did. I showed up a couple of years late and uh, dug into a bunch of records regarding it. But, uh, yeah, it's a mess. And, and it's it's, a mess. It is still is mind-boggling. And i got to tell you, I am a huge college football fan. And so Georgia and Penn State played in 1983, New Year's Day 83, for a national championship. And uh, our coach, Vince Dooley at the time, and Joe Paterno, great friends, they were kind of deans in college football and you know, Paterno out there fighting for the right things and all these things. And it, it is heartbreaking to me uh, to see how this turned out. And while the focus was Sandusky to begin with, starting in, I guess, what, 2011 when a lot of this broke, and this was a 15-year period that was just evil. Um, what about, I, I don't know where to start on this, other than that, were you surprised that Paterno knew as much and stayed as quiet? And is that really the story? In, in so many stories in this terrible situation at Penn State? No, that's not the story. Uh, Joe basically uh, became a target of the whole thing. The whole thing started out with Jerry Sandusky. But it, once again, as we have seen lately with the Covington Catholic school kids story and the BuzzFeed scoop that turned out to be bogus, um, can anyone trust the media? This was another uh, media arrest rush to judgment what happened at Penn State. So what did your what what did what did you investigate? What did you uncover and what do you know about Joe Paterno in this investigation of yours? Well, Joe basically the story started out as as a sex abuse scandal and then it just you know Jerry Sandusky didn't have much sex appeal but but Joe Paterno certainly did and he became the target in the whole story. And from what I can tell, he pretty much did what he was expected to under the law. And, and But the whole, it's a house of cards, really. I mean, let's start with the signature headline 
charge in the entire case that uh, Jerry Sandusky was seen raping a, a, a young boy in the showers. Um, that's just not true. It's a work of fiction. And it's really hard to understand this, but the, let's start with the simplest thing. 20 years later, we don't have a victim. We, the boy in the shower has never come forward. Uh, at the trial where Jerry Sandusky was convicted, the prosecutor said his identity was known only to God. Well, so we don't have a victim, and it's kind of amazing that one has never come forward considering the saturation media publicity and the fact that he would have gotten millions and millions of dollars, you know, in lawsuits. But um, the, so we're left with the only witness who apparently saw this crime, uh, an assistant football coach by the name of Mike McQuarrie. And back in 2012, there was a federal investigation that we didn't know about until uh, 2017 where uh, those charges were investigated by a former NCIS special agent named John Snedden. And uh, national security was at stake. There was a top security clearance for Penn State's president who was accused of covering up Jerry Sandusky's crimes. The NCIS agent, former NCIS agent investigated it, and he issued a 110-page report that came out in 2017. And here's the headlines in the report. The report says the uh, shower story makes no sense. The only witness to this alleged crime was incredible. And there was no cover up at Penn State because there was no sex crime that ever happened. There was nothing to cover up. So, so we have a, a federal investigation determining the opposite of what the locals told us, that there was this horrendous crime in the showers and that there was this horrendous cover up. So right there, there's a, it blows a gaping hole in the story. Yeah, it's interesting. That's a gaping hole that I hadn't heard. I haven't heard that either. No, no. This report, uh, federal report, uh, came out in 2017, and the only people who've written about it are a couple of bloggers like myself. But Mr. Snedden is still very much with us. His 100-page, 10-page report can be found online. So, but that's just the start of what went wrong with Penn State. You've got the media on one side with their usual rush to judgment and hysteria. And on the other side, you've got official misconduct in every area of the Penn State investigation. I mean, I don't even know where to start. The police were caught lying on tape to an alleged victim to get him to tell the story they wanted. The psychiatrists and therapists in the case used discredited memory recovery therapy, which uses hypnosis and guided imagery to to get people to recall supposedly uh, forgotten memories. Uh, Mark Pendergrass has written a book about this, uh, debunking, you know, it's just scientifically, totally scientifically discredited testimony that wouldn't be allowed in many jurisdictions. I don't even, you know, there's just so much wrong in the case. The prosecutors were uh, leaking, um, breaking the state secrecy laws for grand jury by routinely leaking, leaking grand jury information. They were trampling on the civil rights of the people involved in the case. Uh, it just goes on and on and on. You've got the trustees handed out $118 million to 36 victims, and their own insurance carrier sued them for acting irresponsibly. And in the case, um, you know, they brought some of these guys to the court and said to them, before you collected your million dollars, millions of dollars, each one of them got at least $3 million. Did anyone from Penn State ask you anything about anything? 
And the bottom line is the trustees handed out $118 million without asking any questions, without putting these guys through depositions, uh, interviews from psychiatrists, private investigators. So there's just so much misconduct and ineptitude in the case that when I get back to my, you know, former NCIS agent, Mr. Stedden, he basically says so much went wrong at Penn State that we need a federal investigation to tell us what really happened because the whole, the entire investigation is tainted. Incredible. Wow. Just incredible. That I mean, is totally 180 degrees of, of what we came out with back in 2012. That, or, that's crazy. Or what I expected to talk about today, yeah, yeah. to be honest with you. Wow. Just, well, would it surprise you to, to realize that the media was in a rush to judgment and then yeah. they have gone back and taken a second look? And all of this, by the way, uh, is I've put all the stories that I've reported on Penn State on my blog, RalphCipriano.com. There's a section of that uh, website that says stories, and you'll find all of the Penn State stories that I'm talking about. But the bottom line is that Joe Paterno got smeared in a a case that makes no sense. And, uh, you know, Jerry Sandusky sitting in jail supposedly is, is the biggest, you know, the worst pedophile in the country. And there's really... Uh, it just there's questionable misconduct about every aspect of the case. The Louis Free report that um, the NCAA used to uh, penalize Penn State, fine them millions of dollars, take away lots of wins and all that sort of thing. That report was uh, just had all sorts of factual um, mistakes and unsubstantiated opinions, faulty methodology. And, and the trustees did a report on the report and uh, it's a 200-page report, and, and the Board of Trustees refuses to release that report, which completely discredits the Lewis Free report. So wow. there, there's some cover-ups going on. There's the fact that the media refuses to go back and, and check out you know, a case that they totally blew. So it's, it's a very sad situation, but it's a house of cards, and I expect it to fall at some point. All right. Well, stay on it and let us know when that yeah, does. Really. Because I don't know that we'll hear from the national media when it does, but we will from you. RalphCipriano.com. Find out more on that. Ralph, thank you so much. Appreciate you taking Go some time to come back. And, and really unfair to take on such a huge topic in such a short period of time, but we appreciate you did a very good job clarifying uh, your clarity and putting your points across. Thank you very much. Thanks, Bill and Joel. So after having listened to uh, that succinct summary of of the case um, presented by Ralph, do you guys have any thoughts? Well, this is Tom Purcell here, and uh, some of the some of the information that I felt I needed to learn more about. The questions that jumped up is if the trustees. went and did their own investigation of the Louis Free investigation, where's the report? And where is the Louis Free report? And how can we find this? And where on the uh, where on the internet is it located? Or is it located? Or is it still a, a major secret with the trustees that it had been for such a long time? Right. I, I have to uh, preface my response to that by saying that uh, subsequent to uh, Ralph's succinct uh, summary, which was uh, earlier in the year, that uh, two things have been have come up uh, to add to it. One, the uh, alumni trustees 
report on the free report, on the flawed free report, um, was released. And um, Dr. Graham Spanier, the president of Penn State, who was uh, charged with a misdemeanor crime in the state courts, um, and the Pennsylvania State Judiciary upheld that misdemeanor crime without uh, recognizing the uh, that it wasn't even applicable to him. Um, and it finally got to the federal court where they they say, hey, you can't possibly do that. It's not relevant and uh, totally overturned his uh, conviction. But um, those two things occurred um, subsequent to uh, that succinct uh, summary. And the uh, alumni trustees report can be found um, in its entirety. It's a I think it's a 113 page report and it can be. It can be found. It can be found in the uh, one of Ralph's uh, articles entitled uh, Penn State. Cover up ends with leak of Louis free top secret report card. Um, reflecting that uh, Louis free. Louis free's investigation flunked. So we can also find the Louis Freed report as well, same way. Yeah, it's not well. It's not in the body of that report. Uh, in that, in that, uh, just online. In that article, but it can be found at uh, documentcloud.org if you search for a report of the Special Investigative Council regarding the actions of the Pennsylvania State University related to the child sexual abuse committed by Gerald Sandusky. Again, they'd have to go to a special investigative council report regarding actions of Penn State um, at documentcloud.org for uh, Louis Free's um, private investigation, which was, of course, uh, generated uh, to satisfy his clients and handlers. So I'm um, okay. So we've resolved where we get the reports. Do you guys have any comments about uh, Ralph's? Uh, well, I, I have I have some questions about when I listened to it that jumped out at me. The first one is that there was no victim. You know, no victim of this crime. And and in my experience, I mean, I can't go to the DA's office with a crime and, and a case and not have a victim. So how was that ever prosecuted? Um, you know, have you any idea? Well, I think it was uh, that uh, fictitious circumstance that was uh, presented in the uh, uh, grand jury presentment. Okay. which was determined to be it's supposed to be subsequently determined to be fictitious yeah. um was was uh included in that for the benefit of uh media hype yes exactly yeah. I, what this is is this is all another witness to mainline media rush to judgment you know let's let's get this guy convicted before we know anything and let's get some guy, some witness, who Mike McCurry, who's just an assistant football coach, who we can get him to be a witness for the victim. Wait a minute, what victim? 
There isn't a victim. Nobody can find a victim after this many years later. Never showed up with a victim. And um, if he would have showed up, he would have got like several million dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, it was really beneficial, just like the um, 118 million dollars that was handed out by the trustees for other victims that never really had an investigation done on them. The whole thing is very scary when I think of uh, the media bias, you know, along the lines of the Covington Catholic School kids, that that scandal that we remember because it was much more recent, and it was just the media hype. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's what there was. Uh, this was tailored to do that, I believe. I mean, you know, the, you know, drum up media um, hysteria and then and then uh, go from there. Yeah, but uh, I mean, if you go down to the, you know, we're, we'll get into the nuts and bolts of this entire case later. But uh, you know, to have a six foot five, two hundred and some pound, Division One quarterback, to allegedly see that in the showers, and he doesn't, uh, you know, a, a, a child being uh, attacked by a wet, defenseless, fifty-six-year-old uh, guy, um, and he doesn't uh, intervene to help the child um that's just another another crazy. Point, another point john that I, I i believe you made before was that no other college that he worked at ever ever had any victims and he worked at many colleges didn't he yeah it's interesting that uh there hasn't been uh any indication of uh anything on anything like that occurring at the uh, colleges that he was previously employed by as a as a uh, football coach. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you guys have any other comments? We'll get into this further later as we start uh, dissecting. I, I, I have case, one, but, I have one yeah. that I, I wrote down. It was just, I was, as I was listening to the entire um, interview, um, him getting to the whole truth of the matter, and this has got such extraordinary aspects. I was I was thinking about what I do, you know, what I used to do as an investigator, and um, right. and I believe all law enforcement too. You know, ninety nine point nine percent of us want to get to the truth. You know, absolutely. Um, I I thought of an old, a really old, old show. Uh, it had Sergeant Joe Friday, and he used to say, "Just the facts, ma'am." Yeah, exactly. You know? And and exactly. when I was looking. When I was listening to various parts of this investigation um, about Jerry Sandusky, it was obvious that the people involved, because of the nature of the charges, I mean, who doesn't cringe when they hear about a pedophile abusing little boys and showers and things like that? Your emotions take over. Right. And, it, and, and it doesn't take much. Vendetta. It does smell of vendetta. Yeah, it, and it doesn't take much to convince someone that this man needs to be put away forever and to jump the gun, if you will, you know? Um, and I think there's a lot of that going on in, in this case with emotion, you know, and that's yeah, something that, us, us as investigators do not, you know, we try not to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Cannot be, effect, cannot be effective at all. You know? Absolutely. Nobody mm -hmm. at uh, any point in this, uh, in their hideous investigations, um, sat back and said, uh, what exactly are we looking at here? Exactly. Um, exactly, which is, uh, you know, one of the main. Whenever you get a, uh, whenever you get a duty call, 
Um, I mean, you always, the first question, the question, first question you have yourself, you ask yourself is, hey, well, where is the crime? You know, yes, that's not uh, you have to go backwards to figure out exactly what happened, as opposed to uh, just responding to uh, media hysteria. I can't tell you how many cases I've had where I determined there's no crime and, and that's it. You, you don't you won't go any further. It doesn't matter how, how well, emotional yeah, somebody I, may get over things sometimes. I, I think if you, you've got uh, if you're if you're questionable investigation is uh, fueled by media hysteria and an undertone of vindictiveness. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they're they're only serving their masters and not justice. And in this case, as we'll examine it, and uh, we're certainly going to take every piece of this case apart, but uh, every indication is that justice wasn't served, just like in the uh, Spaniard case. Justice was not served, and it's a complete uh, miscarriage of justice, and we'll have to uh, completely... uh, dissect the case um but we will do so on uh future podcasts so um i just wanted to touch on the uh the uh again i was i told myself i wouldn't use the term uh unbelievable because it's again it's hideous hideously (laughs) believable um to touch on just touch on the uh, current uh, state of the uh, so-called criminal justice reform I mean, it's it's appalling what is uh, what's occurring in San Francisco and in Denver right now. That's um, for sure. Yeah, the only problem that I see with incarceration is that there isn't enough of it. Yeah, well, <laughs> That's the only problem I see. You know, I just yeah. uh, I I just got a uh, a note from somebody that uh, said that uh, New York City is now has decided now to uh, give. Um, released prisoners gift cards so um you know i uh, <laughs> well hopefully that'll help with their feelings so yes, and, um and we hope we give them a trophy yeah maybe they could give them a gift card and a trophy or something no no we were talking about this san francisco um da right this new da right yeah um i, I was reading up on him a little bit and there was this commentator who said in Instead of having a tea party, they are going to have a pee party and elicit people to pee right on the steps of the DA's office. See what he does about it. Oh, great. Because he's not prosecuting uh, public urination or anything like that any longer. Yeah. I mean, if I understand it, San Francisco has become a uh, a lavatory. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if I may interject, this Mr. Bolden's quite a colorful character who's... Uh, who spent the last more than 22 years traveling to visit his parents, uh, one being his mom, who spent 22 years in prison, and for being a getaway driver in a, in a heist that left uh, three, uh, three people dead, including shot police officers, and that just recently in our own neighborhood, he's... Uh, Mr. Bowden has come to visit his dad, who's up in Windy Prison here in Western New York, and he probably will never be free, uh, unless his son has something to do with it. But he's uh, he's 
spending the rest of his days in Wendy Penitentiary for the same heist that, again, left three people dead. Yeah, uh, but this is his motivation into his prison reform. Yeah, that he, we, claims that he, he claims his parents are victims. Yes, victims. that we have, oh. to, we have to get rid of all this harsh policy that pe- keeps people like his parents in prison. Oh, my God. Real careful. So, so they're victims of, of uh, well, they're victims of their own actions by killing people. But yeah, it just didn't they're kill victims of, of tough policy in our prison system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that has come up is that, uh, oh, my God, New York State now wants to get rid of uh, or, or has a new movement to have uh, law enforcement officers and school resource officers removed from public schools due to uh, cost. And, and uh, I mean, this is just on the heels of uh, several school shootings, I mean, which is insane. Well, the reason, the other reason that I know you are ready to say is cost, but it's all because it's it's very uncomfortable in a school in a school system like Rochester, where the officer is so biased against the racial difference. Excuse me. Yeah. What I just that's what I just read. Yeah, incredible. Just incredible. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that i mean you know uh and you know john a lot of this is happening i think and looking at the big picture here this bolden guy he's look at who's endorsing him he's got you know bernie sanders um celebrities and and don't get me started with celebrities i mean they live in a bubble they have no idea what it is like uh, they got guards they got people bringing them everything they want um they don't really understand the the, the system out there how it is to live every day and uh, they they endorse these people. In fact, um, I think that with the this bowling guy, I think he was endorsed also by Larry Krasner, who was uh, Philadelphia's cap hating DA. Oh, brother, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, it's it's mind boggling how people can uh, live in San Francisco now, and apparently the same thing has taken place in Denver. In New York, so, yeah. We'll have to examine that. Um, mind-boggling, John, but at least you didn't say unbelievable. Yes, yes. <laughs> hideously mind-boggling. Um, I also wanted to uh, just touch on the uh, the fact that, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of cases that we're getting, going to uh, thoroughly examine. Um, clearly, our intent is to do whatever we have to do to nail down the truth on these cases I, uh, a lot of the uh a lot of the cases are tainted by uh just an example uh media hysteria hysteria um other uh motivations and we have to we uh here at search warrant have to uh cut through all that um noise and get right to the uh nuts and bolts of the case and we will do that and uh but one of the cases we also in addition to the one that we've uh, alluded to earlier um we also want to take a look at uh the ray Gregar missing district attorney case um ray has been 
missing since April 15th of 2005. Um, I know you guys have had uh, just a, a little bit of time to read a little bit about him. Anything you guys want to say about, about that case at all? Well, I wasn't going to be concerned anymore because I see only five years ago in 2014, the Pennsylvania State Police took over the case for that missing person and everything should be just fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, my God. Well, I'd, I'd like to say that um, in my work, there's no such thing as a coincidence. And he has had something to do with uh, not prosecuting that case in uh, Penn State, didn't he? Yeah, I, I think that it has to do with uh, whether or not, I mean, clearly he evaluated uh, whether or not there was uh, enough evidence to go through, if it was, in fact, you know, something or something that he would pursue. We'll have to, we have to, we definitely have to uh, look into that, of course. You know, there's, uh, I just read uh, a whole... Uh, a whole list of uh, potential theories, and uh, it is interesting that uh, we've had we've heard absolutely nothing about this case um, since a certain entity took it over. So, yeah, I guess we'll uh, we'll find out what that's about too, won't we? Um, and him being a prose- former prosecutor, I mean, he's got to have a lot of enemies. To look yeah, at. I mean, you know, the yeah. uh, that list of theories is uh, pretty substantive. Um, I don't. We've got to go through them all and see if most of, if, if any of them are uh, even appear to be viable. Well, just yeah. right off the get-go, his disappearance, just coincidentally being alongside the mighty Susquehanna River is going to bring up about a hundred questions. Yeah, absolutely. Well, actually, what we we are trying to do here at Search Warrant is invite anybody who feels that they're involved in their law enforcement career into questionable circumstances, dead ends that shouldn't be dead ends, media hype and media rush to just making no sense of any case that you're working on whatsoever. I mean, feel free to maybe get involved with us, John. You got more information on that? If you're a uh, law enforcement officer and you've had a case that the media has either ignored or maybe hosed up, um, and you did an awesome job on it, um, we would you know, appreciate the opportunity to uh, promote that case for you from a, a law enforcement uh, perspective, um, because uh, I know it's it's happened to every one of us that we've had an awesome case, and uh, either it's been uh, completely ignored by the media, or uh, you know if they've twisted it around in some fashion that's uh, you know irrecognizable by the time they're done with it. So anyway, if you uh, if you do have a case like that, and uh, uh, again we'd like to uh, promote that that case um if you can reach us uh, you can reach us at uh, um search warrant zero two at gmail.com um uh, the search warrant podcast is available on apple podcasts and everywhere else you might get your podcast oh anna thank you very much for uh your time and tom thank you appreciate john. your time we look forward to uh 
examining each one of these cases and the cases that come to our attention all the way to the uh, all the way to the finish line. And there's a lot to uh, a lot to be done. So um, we look forward to uh, speaking to you guys again next week. Okay. Thank you, John. Thank yep. you, Tom. Thank you. Take care. Yeah.